Exodus 20 verse 12 says this, honor, respect, value, obey, care for. Honor can mean a lot of things, but this is the reference. Honor means to respect, to value, to obey, to care for. So honor your mother and your father so that your days may be prolonged in the land the Lord God will give you. This was a a perspective that the Israel people, that the Jewish people had. They had an understanding that it is actually in everybody's interest to honor your mother and father. I don't know all the history of all the ancient cultures on how mums and dads have been celebrated, but I know this, that we've definitely speeded it up. We've picked it up a lot more in the 20th century. We began to realize that we need to celebrate mums. It started off as a casual thing, and then it became a national thing, and then it's become a global thing, generally speaking. Mums got celebrated before dads got celebrated. But fathers obviously came around. This is the first time it's ever happened to me. The other day I was walking my dogs, as I do every day, and, and uh, a woman, an older woman came past me, obviously speaking in German to me. And, but I realized, because I'm so proficient in German, that she was saying, wishing me happy Father's Day. This never happened. It's never happened before. I was like, Dankeschön, Danke. Danke. I said it too many times to make it look like it's obvious that I don't speak German. <laughs> but it was so beautiful, and it is something that I want to kind of address today. Mothers and fathers, the differences. Whatever your stage of life is right now. Celebrating mothers seems to be a lot easier because they give so much. They do, they give so much. However, celebrating fathers, I think, is equally important but it does seem to be a little bit harder. And so that's something we need to navigate and it's something that we need to understand. The Bible narrative introduces Adam becoming a father and Eve becoming a mother. And it's interesting because we have to understand our biblical narrative. That's where our worldview comes from. For those who believe and put Christ at the center, that helps us to see the world the way God has intended it to be. And that's not dogmatic or autocratic or negative or uh, condescending or elitism in any way. It's just that we've all got to get a worldview from somewhere. It's just for us today, we get it from who Jesus is. So the role of parents, I think the role of parents simplifying it is to prepare the kids for life. Parenting can either be controlling or it can be empowering. We tend to be familiar with the controlling aspect of parenting, but it's so beautiful to know that we can, through the help of God, through His wisdom, to learn how to become people that empower others, not control others. What's the role of a pastor? Well, I think that's an interesting uh, thing to talk about, but to guide you to your God-given potential, I believe that a pastor's greatest joy is to speak to people's potential, to help God's people be God's people in a crazy, broken, fallen world. What's the role of a shepherd? The guide you to green pastures. Maybe your grass has got a little bit brown lately, but God, through a shepherd, the spirit of a shepherd, and God is a shepherd, He likens Himself to a shepherd. And many times, He likens that so He can lead His sheep metaphorically to green grass, healthy grass, not brown grass. What's the role of a friend? Really simply to help you get over yourself. Anyone got any great friends like that in your life? That's what I love about friends. They know you but they still love you. You know what I mean about knowing you. 
What's the role of community? Diversity and unity. Learning from each other. That's what I love about what God does with the local church. It's a house full of diversity. The diversity in this room is mind-blowing. Naturally speaking, the church is a, is, a, is, is a naturally, it's a group of enemies more than it is a group of friends. There's cultural diversity, economic diversity, language diversity, educational diversity. The diversity in the room represented here right now, in naturally speaking, could get us into trouble. But what is it that causes diversity and unity to flourish? And that's where I believe Jesus makes the difference in this. But it's so important to realize we can learn from others. Learn that people do have uniqueness and they do have differences and there's something about that that can help educators and strengthen us and build something into us that is so, so healthy. And what's the role of the church? To help you know Jesus and to make him known. I think the church is about speaking to your potential, but ultimately it is about pointing you to Jesus. Because when you get him right in your life, it gives you the capacity and the wisdom to navigate everything else. And so these are the things that we need to think about. So what I'd love to do is just talk about the differences in, in a way that is helpful. Mothers see the world in relation to their kids. Fathers see the kids in relation to the world. Fathers want their kids to be ready for a world that isn't kind or fair. Mothers tend to blame themselves if something goes wrong with their kids. Whereas fathers tend to blame someone if something happens to their kids. If the kid's having a tough time at school, mom seems to take it personal. Mothers can be, tend to be guilt prone. They have this, this ability to, when it comes to their children, to blame themselves and I shouldn't have let her go or I should have been there or I should have done that. Whereas dads are a little bit different. Dads, before they take it personal, they want to kill someone or they want to blame someone or they want to... We've got to allow them to be different. We need to understand that they are different. We don't want them to be the same because it doesn't build strength. It actually weakens the whole process. And so these are the things we need to consider. But it is something. It's not right or wrong necessarily. It's an observation of sometimes that we just find that mothers will blame themselves a lot quicker and fathers will tend to want to blame others and that's just something that we've got to navigate. Fathers tend to be the ones that will push their kids to achieve more. Nothing wrong with that in essence, but the truth is it can actually go too far. Maybe you've heard the story of Tiger Woods. Maybe you've heard the story of many athletes or achievers in life where they got their motivation from or what happened when they were younger or why they have ended up the way they are. But at the end of the day, there is something about a father that just wants more for their kids. A father tends to push their kids. You can do more. You can run faster. It's something that if it's done right, it's actually a great strength and it's something that can lift children and build children's capacity. See, fathers will build your capacity for the child, but mothers will build the child's flexibility. And so we've got to understand these things. Mothers tend to be more diplomatic and understanding. Fathers tend to be more direct and use less words. Mothers will say what's on her heart. A father tends to say what's on his mind. Fathers need to be told again and again. Mothers never forget. Fathers tend to remember things in general. Mothers tend to remember things in detail. 
Fathers can build your capacity. Like I said, mothers can build your flexibility. So another way, what I'm trying to say here is both parents are important for the healthy development of our children. And I want to just try to give you an idea here. And I realize, again, what I'm trying to do in a very diverse crowd. I don't know your upbringing. I don't know your parenting. I don't know what your mother and father were like. But what I do know is, is that for all of us, no matter whether it was good, unhealthy, or healthy, we all have a chance to press reset in our life when it comes to our Heavenly Father. And so let me just give you, before we get to that part about our Heavenly Father, just think about this for those that are fathers in the room, those that are mothers in the room today. And again, talking to everyone, the potential fathers, the potential mothers. There's two things I want to just give you here that are just simple things, but they can absolutely keep you the distance. Fathers, I think if I can say this, your love, fathers, your love for the kid's mother is absolutely huge. If you want to have great capacity to, if you want to be able to just set your kids up for an amazing, amazing future, it's not about getting it right. It's about what do you do when you get it wrong? And, 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 and you, we all mean to get it right, but the truth is we get it wrong. And so what do you do? It's what do you do when you get it wrong? Which is really more about what life is all about anyway. I, I meant this, but I did this. And so what am I going to do now I've done this? I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to learn to say sorry. So what I'm trying to say is if you want to set kids up for an amazing future, we have to understand the role of a father towards a mother. You, you might, she might be your wife or she might be a partner or she might be a girlfriend. I don't know what that situation is, but I want you to know at the end of the day, kids, they will see the way you treat her. And I'll tell you, there's nothing that I've seen more in my own family. I'm married 24 years to Joycey. I've got two great kids. My son now is nearly 19 on Saturday and my daughter is 17. And I want you to know that the thing that is amazing about this is I've seen the way I love on their mother. And I want you to consider that today. It's not a rocket science thing. It's not a detailed, complicated thing. It's just simply this, is that we've got to consider the way we speak to their mother. And, and, and again, so I've had to learn because of the help of Jesus in my life. See, I learned all my parenting in the church. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't grow up with wisdom from the Bible. I didn't grow up with all these things. I just grew up figuring out what was good, what was not good. And, and my life tended to be very narrow and very limiting. But when I started going to church, I started learning about diversity and differences and about God's wisdom for how we can do this. And I want you to understand there's nothing I don't believe any stronger than the way a father treats the mother of the kids has a massive impact on the kids. If you're speaking negatively about their mother, always pulling her down and rubbishing her and embarrassing her, you just know what that's going to do. It's not going to do anything for the kids. Short term, there might be some things that you can navigate, but long term, it's damaging. So we've got to consider this is that if we're going to really build a better future, because you remember our children are our future. Our children better either build a better society or a, or a worse society. So at the end of the day, let's think about mothers. But let's think about how fathers can treat mothers. And fathers, we need to understand that they are a daughter of the king, most importantly. And I love that our narrative, our story as believers, helps us to really get this strong in Jesus' name. Mothers, one thing I want you to remind yourself is when it comes to the kid's father, praise him. 
well, I'm going to praise him. He's... No, 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 no. I know life is real and I know challenges are real. But listen to me. This is one thing that I've watched Joyce do. She will praise me in front of our kids. Mums, you've got to understand, if you want your kids, because the kids will interpret the Father through you. The kids will interpret the Father through you. If you're pulling the Father down, the kids will interpret that. And so these are the things that we need to understand. And so let me just give you an understanding here, just to try and get you to think about it. Let's understand when it goes wrong, it affects everybody. But when it goes right, it affects everybody. And so let's ask ourselves the question, how can we be better fathers? How can we be better mothers? Whatever your past is, you see, this is the thing that we don't like to hear, but we've got to be open to it at some point. Whatever fathering you had, you tend to copy it later on in life. I've heard people say over the years, well, I'll never be like my dad. So the shock horror years later, they just sound like their dad, act like their dad. And the simple thing is, and girls have said it as well, well, I'll never be like my mom. My mom was so controlling and so this and so nagging and so this. Well, I'm not going to be like that. I'm just going to be a loose goose mom and I'm never going to correct my kid. They can do whatever they want. Listen to me, listen to me. If we do not have some kind of boundaries and correction for our children, uncorrected kids turn into very disappointed human beings. So you've got to understand that there's no easy way to have a better world unless we bring God's wisdom into the human brokenness of society. And I'm not talking in a negative biblical way. I'm talking in a very positive way. We've got to understand the differences are there for a reason. And we've got to accept that Joyce is not trying to make me a mother and I'm not trying to make her a father. And so I want you to understand these things are so important. And these are the things that I've learned is the way I speak to the kid's mother. Isaac and Leela's mother, if I speak to her, to, to, to their mother in a way that is honoring and, and respectful, it's amazing how it does so much to the kids. And, and, and it's the same with the mothers. The mothers, you just got to understand even though there might be challenges. And like I've said, you know, men tend to say what they're thinking, whereas women tend to say what, they're, what they feel and their emotions. And so there's a lot of differences that can bring a lot of tension. And I'm saying that, no, we're not going to rub the tension out. What I am saying is, can we learn the differences and learn the wisdom on why the differences are there? So let me just finish with this. And I want to um, really just bring it down to the thing that I believe God gives us the most. To know the Father, the Heavenly Father. If you didn't know your Father, you can get to know the Heavenly Father. Jesus often would speak about His Heavenly Father. And I want you to think about this for this moment because the truth is, we've got to consider not so much our past, but we've actually considered our future. And I don't know what your past is. If it's been good, fantastic, all the help that God gives you, move into your future. But if your past has been not so good, is there anything that can change? Like in other words, let me say this. If you don't get a new idea, you're going to go back to your default. Factory settings. We all have a default. That's why we can say, I don't want to be like my dad. But if you don't put a new idea in, if you don't create a new understanding, if you don't get a new mentality or a new mindset, you will reproduce whatever shaped you in your early years. We just prayed for the children here today. Train up a child in the way they shall go and they'll not depart from it. Well, these are the things that 
we need to understand for developing children, this is what God does for us. First thing, unconditional love. That's what everybody who really pays attention to this will understand, the power of unconditional love. We have grown up with love conditional. We're familiar with, well, if I do this, I'll get this. We have this mentality still in the religious world. We, we, well, if I do bad, I'll get bad. If I do good, I'll get, I'll, I'll get bad. And God's like, God, it's not about good or bad. It's about humility and pride. And so what I think is interesting is, is that for children's well-being, in fact, for all human beings' well-being is unconditional love. And thank God that our Heavenly Father loves us all equally unconditional. For God so loved the world that He gave. He doesn't put labels in there. He doesn't put anything in there except for God so loved the world. The world there is reference to humanity. God isn't coming back for buildings and property. He's coming back for people. We are His property. He is coming back for His children. And so unconditional love is something that it builds security. To know that you're loved. And I've said this many times. A loved man is a loving man. A loved woman is a loving woman. And a loved child is a loving child. In other words, we've got to know that we are loved. And that's where loneliness kicks in so strong. That's where our problems kick in so strong in the world. Is because we, we, we're, we're familiar with conditional love. We're familiar with this and that. And I want you to know that when it comes to Jesus, He helped us understand how much our Heavenly Father loves us with an unconditional love. No one will love you more than God will love you. I know your mother loves you, but I'm telling you, God can beat your mother. And so these are the things that we need to consider. And I want you just to, if you get to know Jesus, you will get to know the Father. Uh, If you go to the Father without Jesus, it's a very dangerous thing to do. Why? Because we interpret our heavenly father through our earthly father. So if your earthly father was distant, you will tend to filter that as my heavenly father's distant. If your earthly father was very, very harsh and very, very strong and very, very dictatorial or whatever it can, you can come. Like you, in other words, you could never do anything right. You were never good enough for your dad. Well, what do you tend to do? You tend to filter your heavenly father as, am I really good enough? Do I really measure up? I never seem to get anything right. That's a horrible place to be. And I'm not talking about our Heavenly Father being like that. You have to go to your Heavenly Father through the only person you can go through, Jesus. Why? Because it's no longer, am I good enough for the Father? Was Jesus good enough for the Father? In other words, we all need a high priest. We all need a medium that's going to work on our behalf. And what I'm trying to say to you is, is our Father... I have two kids, like I've said. We sponsor four children in Uganda. We're committed to children's well-being. We're committed to our church. We're committed to your children. We're committed to the well-being with what God's put in our heart. But listen to me. The best thing I can do as a father is to know our Heavenly Father. What helps me not wreck my marriage, what helps me to not wreck it with my kids, is that I've got a relationship with Jesus. And your relationship with Jesus will help you navigate the twists and turns, the ups and downs. When I've got it wrong with my kids, I've learned the power of saying sorry. I've learned to not put but after sorry. I'm sorry, but you did annoy me. 
No, I've realized it doesn't help. No buts, just I'm sorry. I take full responsibility. And I just realized that these things are simple, and yet sometimes it's the simple things that we forget. So what I'm trying to encourage you with today is that whatever your parenting, whatever your mothers and fathers have done for you, whether they know Christ or whether they don't know Christ, one thing that we can all take away is that our parents have done the best that they can. I believe you need to build a default into your life, a default that your parents actually did the best they could and they actually love you and their way of showing that love might not be what you would say is the way you want it seen. But what I'm trying to say is it's better to have a default that they care for you and love you than to believe that they don't care for you. And the truth is in a broken world, there are some stories and there are a lot of stories where people have been damaged so badly because of the way mums and dads have treated the kids. So what I want you to understand today is what's important today is to let Jesus be at the center of your life. As a man, potential father, potential husband, the best thing you can do is to have a personal relationship with Jesus. As a mom, or as a girl, as a woman, a daughter of the king, the best thing you can do, potential mother, potential wife, potential friend, all of these things, maybe that's ahead of you, the best thing you can do is to have an intimate relationship with Jesus. Because what helps us is instead of getting it from each other, we can get our needs met from having a relationship with Jesus. Instead of sucking the life out of each other and trying to get our identity from each other and trying to get our affirmation from each other and trying to get our celebration from each other, we can actually get it from God. If my husband doesn't give it, my God will give it. If my, if, if my wife doesn't give it, I can get it from God. And this is where so many things go wrong is we try to meet real needs in legitimate ways. All I'm trying to say today is whatever parenting and whatever mums and dads get to do, we've got to understand doing it with Christ at the center has got to be way better than doing it without God at all. And if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. In other words, how did Jesus respond to people? Well, that's how the Father responded to people. Jesus is the mirror of God. If you've received Jesus, then you've received the Father. If you know Jesus, then you will know the Father. In other words, there's no picture of God that is hostile towards you. Why? Because Jesus didn't give us a picture of hostility when it came to his Father. And I want you to know today, wherever you are, whatever stage of life is, you can have a personal relationship with Jesus that can bring healing where there's been hurt, bring hope where there's been hopelessness, where there's been damage, he can turn that around like only he can. He's a lifter of people's heads. God is a lover, a builder, a restorer. He's only God who can do that. He's the only one who will love us with an everlasting love. He's the one that knows everything about us, but he still makes it about what he says and not what we think. I want you to know there's no mess that God cannot handle. There is no mistakes that our Jesus cannot forgive. I want you to know that you can go a lot of places to get your identity. You can go a lot of places to get your hope. 
But I'm telling you now, there is nothing more wholesome and more restoring and more liberating than to have a personal relationship with Jesus. You're not bad enough. You're not ugly enough. You're not mean enough. You're not messed up enough. You're not broken enough for my Jesus. Our Jesus is a restorer. He can help father's father. He can help mother's mother. He can help human beings be absolutely flourishing human beings. This is about Jesus.